This is People Every Day. Coming up, Prince Harry like you have never, ever seen him before. Plus, when 90-year-old people talk, you better listen. The hilarious little old ladies behind Call Your Grandmother. It's February 26th. Party people, this is People Every Day presented by Macy's, and I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein. And it is Friday. Yay! I'm so excited. Uh, I have a huge pile of clean clothes to fold and put away, some sweeping to do. And yes, that is the stage I'm at in my life where I look forward to getting my house in order. Uh, if you have a bit of free time yourself today, how about write a sweet note to an elderly person? Today is actually National Letter to an Elder Day. And it's so fitting because later I sit down with the spunky duo behind iHeart's new hit podcast, Call Your Grandmother. Rita and Ellen will crack you up and remind you how wise and wonderful grandmas can be. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but first, let's talk the news. So just a couple of major health updates before before we get into our top story today, Lady Gaga's dog walker, who was shot and critically wounded while walking her French bulldogs in Hollywood this week, is still hospitalized. But now he's been identified by a close friend as Ryan Fisher, a man who the friend said was so close to the animals, he would have laid down his life for them. So no update as of now on how he's doing. But we know the two dogs who were stolen are still missing. So hoping for the best in that. And also receiving treatment in L.A. today is Tiger Woods, who, of course, had that horrific solo car crash this week. Um, he's been transferred to Cedar sinai Hospital, where he's undergoing additional surgeries to his legs. And sources say that he has expressed that he does not want this to be the end-all, be-all of his career, of course. So wishing a speedy recovery for him. Um, now on to something that everyone on both sides of the pond is talking about. Prince Harry, in all of his glory on The Late Late Show with James Corden, joining me now is People Royalty, Editor-in-Chief Dan Wakeford, and Senior Digital Royals Editor Aaron Hill to talk through the amazingness that was Prince Harry's interview with James Corden. How are you guys? Doing yeah, great. Thanks for having us. Yay, yay. Well, you guys, I'm loving whatever I saw. I did not expect to see Prince Harry sitting on an open-top bus in a t-shirt and some jeans trying and horribly <laughs> failing to sip tea. <laughs> what did you guys, is this just a completely different look for him. Aaron, take me through like what we know about Prince Harry and and why this is possibly a departure, possibly not. Yeah, well, we knew a few weeks ago when we first saw the photos of them filming this that this was coming. We weren't sure what exactly to expect from this. We certainly didn't expect sipping tea, joking, talking about the Queen sending gifts and Archie, but this is certainly a departure. I mean, even Harry mentioned the rules aren't allowed to be on open top buses. He never did it in London. Dan, you, you're a UK native, like, what was your take on this as soon as you saw this? I mean, my big takeaway is that, first of all, he seems perfectly LA. He revealed he has yogurt with his waffles, which is crazy. <laughs> That's not a British thing. That's a Californian <laughs> thing. I'm healthy. I still have what us British call squirty cream. Um, I think <laughs> the takeaway here is that he seems really happy. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. there's an element of this is performance, this is for a TV show, but he seems so relaxed and at peace. And it's really just really lovely to see. Let's, let's get into it, because he, he covered the whole gamut. They had some fun with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air's house. Now, this is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. Now, take a minute, 
they got into the the weeds a little bit on on his relationship with his family. So, Aaron, what what were you surprised uh, that he offered up in this like just very relaxed setting? I think it was really telling that he very pointedly said. I, it was never walking away. It was stepping back and it was all about his mental health. And so I think we've kind of all thought with a lot of the messaging coming out, this is him stepping down, um, walking away from his role. For him, it's clear he doesn't feel that way. He feels just as tied to his um, duties as a prince for public service. And he's planning to continue that with Megan. And it just seems like he just wants to make it known that, no, I didn't walk away from this, step away from this. I'm just, I needed this for my own sanity. Yeah. Let's listen to, cause that was such a poignant moment in the whole interview. Let's listen really quickly to, to what he had to say about his reasoning for, for walking, not walking away, but his reasoning behind what they did. It was never, it was never walking away. It was, it was stepping back rather than stepping down. Right. Um, you know, it was a really difficult environment as I think a lot of people saw. We all know what the British press can be like. And it was destroying my mental health. I was really? like, this is toxic. Yeah. So I did what any husband and what any father would do is like, I need to get my family out of here. But we never walked away. And as far as I'm concerned, whatever decisions are made on that side, I will never walk away. Wow. Just, just what he had to say about himself as a husband and a father. Uh, Dan, we, we know Prince Harry as, uh, you know, he's always been that, that, that um, you know, the spare, not the heir. He, he's kind of done his own thing. But it's just this, this just a whole new level of maturity. And, and, and I think it's maturity, but it's also relatability. He's really mm. sending a message here that I'm still royal. I've not walked away from my family. But in lockdown, I'm going. I'm doing the same things this year, and he's talking about all the ordinary details related to their life. I think the big takeaway and the big headline here is him saying that this was nearly destroying his mental health. To me, that that is a very strong statement, and I think I predict that it's a lead up to his series with Oprah. He's doing where he'll be talking about probably his own mental health, and I think. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see that insight into what he was going through and how difficult he's had in his whole journey with his mental health. And this has been something that has been very important to him. And um, I think that was very revealing and a big takeaway. And you, and you touched on it a little bit, what his daily life is like uh, with Archie. We got to hear about him uh, just running around and growing up. Let's listen in a little bit to what he had to say about dad life. My son is now just over a year and a half. He is hysterical. He's got the most amazing personality. He's already putting three, four words together. He's already singing songs. What was his first word? Uh, crocodile. Crocodile? Three syllables. That's a big word. Interesting. My my grandmother asked, asked us what Archie wanted for Christmas. And Meg said a waffle maker. She sent us a waffle maker for Archie. No. So breakfast now, Meg makes up a beautiful, like, organic mix. Yeah. In the waffle maker. Flip it, shh, out it comes. He loves it. Now I am picturing the queen on Amazon. I, I mean, what, this new royal picture, like we always knew and we've reported on it. Of course, Dan, you know, with people, we've covered everything, but we knew there was something different about Harry and Meghan and they were they were going to bring some sort of, of, of levity, you know, to the royal family. But did we imagine 
I mean, people, we love finding out ordinary details of extraordinary people. And the details in this story are just so amazing, what he's talking about there, the queen sending the more waffle maker, and just all of this off-the-cuff moments and comedy moments, and the, the comedy gold of him poking his head out of the bathroom at, at the Bel Air <laughs> mansion. <laughs> I'm not back in five minutes. This, this was comedy gold. It was lovely to see the real Harry, and it must be so refreshing for him after being in, being in the royal family is very confining and it must be scary but so exciting to finally have that freedom to be himself and i have to say my favorite part of the waffle maker line was amazing that she would send that but even back in january when they first announced that they were stepping back the queen released this groundbreaking statement saying yes they were disappointed but first and foremost they're beloved members of our family and she was Mm. a grandmother first and foremost and now we're seeing that we She's mm-hmm. sending along these gifts. There's still this strong bond as a family, despite what's going on uh, work-wise. And it, that you're right. That made me so happy just to, you, you get the headlines, you see what's going on. They made this statement. This is what service is supposed to look like officially, unofficially. There was a little drama there in this past week, but to hear this and to see this moment that at their core, they just love each other and they'll get through all the other stuff is really great. Um, and one other thing I have to mention, how hot is Harry? <laughs> I mean, that, the, <laughs> that, that army scene oh, with him, yes, like crawling under the bar. <laughs> in the mud and he's got this great California tan now it's great the moment for me it kind of gave me PTSD in gym class how strong he was pulling himself up on those ropes up up the rope no legs no legs all like upper body strength just up the rope I don't know how tall that I was like Okay. <laughs> you have to imagine him doing circuits in the backyard in Montecito, like keeping his his stamina going during lockdown. Well, those organic waffles are certainly working. <laughs> Good job. So, Dan, lastly, let's get into how we are going to be covering this. I do want to uh, throw to we have our whole a whole new magazine about all of this that we'll be getting into. We do. We have an amazing new quarterly called People Royals, which is such the most beautiful magazine I've ever created. And we've got a special um, um, section in there on their new life in LA, comparing their old life to their new life, revealing their new circle of friends. Um, and of course, we'll have a special report in the weekly edition next week, which Aaron will be certainly um, contributing to. Yes, can't wait. I'm so excited for this. I am. They're, they're neighbors now. I love this. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Janine. Next up, Grandma Rita and Grandma Ellen spill all the beans on their new hit podcast. Considering I didn't learn to, to podcast till I was 90, I'm not too bad. Stay tuned. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Have you called your grandmother lately? If not, my next two guests are going to make you want to do that ASAP because they are two of the funniest grandmas around and we actually have the same job. So 90-year-old Rita Kay and 81-year-old Ellen Bernstein Grodsky are the fabulous voices behind the new hit podcast, Call Your Grandmother. If you haven't listened, it'll crack you up and warm your heart. And I'm excited to give you a little taste of their antics right now. Hi, Rita. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Hi, Ellen. Hello. How are you? I'm the (laughs) the 90-year-old. I I love that. Just call it out. I'm the older one. And I have to listen to her, I want you to know. That's right. You listen to... When 90-year-old people talk, you better listen. Honey, I I respect my elders. (laughs) <laughs> so, so so yours is a show I didn't know I needed anyone who knows me knows if you call me you can't leave a message because I refuse to delete any messages from my grandmothers because they're just the best so before we get started I want you guys to hear this Hi, darling. This is your green, your Gigi, your grandparents. And we're just watching Sunday's Best with Kirk Franklin. And I want you to get on that and sing. You need to be on that talent show, okay? Your voice is wonderful. Your voice is a gift from God. Hi, Janine. It's Grandma Reva. And uh, I've got the message that um, it's time to order for next year's um, opera. And I want to know if you and Doug want to go. Uh, I would recommend that you see uh, The Magic Flute, which is going to be in German, and it's a new production. But um, if you're not interested, let let me know. And um, and so call me as, as soon as you can figure it out. Bye. So that's my grandma, Dorothy, and my grandma-in-law, Reva Rubenstein, my husband's bubby, um, who, as you can see, helped boost my self-esteem and and keep me up on the arts. But listening to your podcast and the stories that the grandmas and their grandkids share on there made me realize I don't call them nearly enough. You know, (laughs) when you get to this stage of life... You live for those telephone calls. And I think that that's a message that we would like to get out there to call your grandmother because she she lives for those calls. Yeah. I'm so glad she's your grandmother. I love her. I'm an opera buff. And and I was happy to hear that you she wants to get your opera tickets. You go. I try to get my granddaughter to go and she's learning to love it. You have to get, you know, uh, Get a taste for the opera if you're not. Yeah. yeah. But when you develop a taste for it, you're going to love it. So listen to your bubby. <laughs> okay. We go every year. We go every year. Uh, so first, tell me about you two and your friendship and how this hit podcast came about. Uh, we bought a house up in the Berkshires many years ago. And a friend of mine who had a house up there said, you know, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. She lives very close to you and it will be a nice friend to have. And it was kismet. I met Rita and I, I fell in love. And the two couples, we used to do things together and go places together. And once we got back to the city, we became good friends again. Uh, you know, this it just never stopped. And so 
it, it's been a, a lot of years of, of warmth and, and, and very comfortable friendship. And this has made a life for Ellen and myself like you saved our lives this year. And as the response has been terrific, more than we, we planned on. And um, I hope everybody's enjoying it. And they're going to call their grandmothers. They better after this. For sure, for sure. Uh, Ellen, did you imagine this would blow up the way it did? Never, never. It is absolutely surreal. I, have, I am hearing from people I haven't heard from <laughs> in 30 years. But I think that the reason is that everybody needs this right now. And and like I said someplace on one of the podcasts, if I left my grandchildren a million dollars, they wouldn't love it as much as having this podcast. It's the money they spend, but the podcast they'll have forever. Aww. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll be in their face no matter what. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's funny. Uh, so, so uh, just when we're when we're looking at this podcast and, and how you're putting it together, I listened to Lois and and Jane, which was so great. That was the last one I just heard, and you you hear that dynamic between uh, you know just the differing opinions on the role of women and 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 feminism and and all of those different things. So, how do you guys find the the folks you feature on the podcast? There has to be that closeness, otherwise it's just going to lose something when we put it on. And with every podcast, you feel you can, you get that feeling through the yeah. podcast, it, 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 right, Ellen? I mean, everyone. Absolutely, absolutely. And what happens is is that they stop it every once in a while, and and Rita and I have a chance to I discuss it, part. And to muse on it, and to. You know, and of course, that brings back old memories and old stories and and and, you know, and, and that's really what makes it so funny and so much fun. Uh, but, but what is it? What would you say it is about grandmas, in your opinion, that just makes them so much better than mom? Oh, we've done, We've said this. There's something about grandparents with the children that the kids innately know besides they can get away with everything. We're not. We're not judging them. We're not criticizing them. If we do say, want to say something, we would never say it to the child. We'd say it to the parent. We don't want. <laughs> many many That's a right. time I've said to my daughter, why don't your kids make their own bed? Why don't they pick up their clothes in the, and put them in the laundry basket? Why should you do it? So, I, But that's for her to tell them. <laughs> I think that also grandparents are not the parents. We're not there to discipline them. We're not there to teach them how to hold their fork and how to speak to other people. We are there to accept, and we do. We accept them, and we love them, and we we support them in every way possible, and they know, and they absolutely know. For sure. Know. Okay, outside of the podcast, what do you guys do for fun, you know, now that you're super famous and everything? <laughs> well, we haven't gotten out to really, because they can't see what we look like. We walk out. I'm in a I'm in a mask, and I'm a, I'm a, in a hood from my ski jacket, and I don't know how they recognize <laughs> me, but they do. Well, listen, I'm four foot ten, and I and I'm with my little white dog, so they kind of put the two and two together. <laughs> I walked out of my building the other day, and the doorman and the concierge stood uh -huh. up and applauded. Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> Did you take a bow? 
Oh, well, I if you think you're dormant, did. I went into my supermarket, Westside Market, and I mean, and he knew I was on. I walked in today. I hadn't seen him since Friday. He applauded. He told me he had every TV on in the supermarket, and he loved it. So I mean, oh when, when the manager of your supermarket congratulates you, you've you've made it. <laughs> that's that's the one. That's the one. That's the one. <laughs> okay, before I let you guys get back to all of that, all of your fans, uh, just a couple of rapid fire questions between you. Who has the best brisket? Ellen is the cook. I'm not competing with her. She's the top of the line cook. <laughs> My grandparents were caterers, so I come from a long, long line of of food people. Alan is the one to go to for right. the holidays. Uh, but Rita, I got to tell you, Rita is a fabulous cook, though. I'm she not really fabulous. Is. My kids don't think I'm fabulous. And I used to think I was a good cook. I don't season enough. I don't use enough spices. Uh, I don't sear it right. I don't know. I said I grew up. Everybody thought I was a pretty good cook. Only you kids don't think I mean it. So you know what? I said, OK, you do the cooking. I don't care. I'll come as a guest. <laughs> okay, best dating advice, best quick dating advice that you would give to a grandkid. Let me just say this, and I, I've said this before. If it's a girl, girls go out on a date in a different way than guys. Girls go out on a date thinking this is going to lead to something long-lasting or what. I say don't go out with that thought in your mind because for that reason— just go out, meet a nice person, have an enjoyable evening, have some fun, a glass of wine. If he calls back and he leads to something, otherwise, but don't go out expecting, oh, he's going to be crazy for me. And it, it just doesn't work that way. Okay, last one. And, and something every parent should do. What would you say, Alan? Some, one thing every parent should do. Just be accepting. Be accepting and be there. Don't... Um, don't say, well, if that's how you're going to be and mm -hmm. walk away, because that's not what they really want. They really want to be accepted, to be understood. It's a completely different generation. And you have to really know what you're talking about. I, I would I would say that you have to as a parent, you have to learn what that generation is all about because things change so rapidly. You know, every parent wants their child to be something really special. You know, we used to say a doctor, a lawyer, uh, an engineer, a uh, today to be in the financial world is a big deal. Not every kid is, is geared toward that. You have to be accepting for what they are. And, so, and that's what you have to let them know how important exactly. they are no matter no matter what, no matter what. I love that. I love that. One more, one more question for you guys. Uh, what was the learning curve like when it came to podcasting? Figuring out like how it works, oh, all of that. Please. Because, I mean, you're, you're you're a little bit past retirement age, just a little bit. So I'm wondering what what that process has been like for you guys. Well, considering I didn't learn to, to podcast till I was 90, I'm not too bad. I mean, I'm not great. <laughs> not at not all. Too, yeah, wait, wait, we're not through yet, so don't jump to conclusions. If worse comes to worse, I call my granddaughter Georgia, who is 11, <laughs> and she is like, you know, she is my technician. Um, my, my grandkids are very helpful. They all know it. I just need 11-year-old Georgia to get production credit because that is amazing that she is helping grandma. 11-year-old uh, Georgia is, is a piece of work. She is a, really a piece of work. I love it. You guys, thank you so oh, much. I am 
Thank you Not for having kidding. us. Not even kidding. I am calling my grandmother as right. soon as we get off of this Zoom. With a granddaughter, <laughs> with a granddaughter like you, so charming, beautiful, smile. Aww. Isn't she? Isn't she charming, beautiful yes. girl? Your, your grandma will be thrilled to call her. That was Rita and Ellen, the sassy senior citizens behind iHeart's Call Your Grandmother podcast. Tune in to them and do as they say, call your grandma, why don't you? But before you jump off to do that, something to make you smile and swivel your hips a little bit. Listen. That's Selena, of course. Today marks the 26th anniversary of the late, great Tejano singer's sold-out hometown show at the Astrodome in Houston, which was her last televised performance. But man, did she rock the house. I can still picture her in that iconic purple catsuit with the cutouts and that megawatt smile. Those are the days. Hope you have a great weekend. People Every Day is produced by Julia Weaver with help from Fallon Harge, Maureen Malarkey, and Eliza Sessler. Executive produced by Christina Everett and mixed by Mary Dew and Bahid Frazier. People's executive producers are David Flumenbaum and Zoe Ruderman. Special thanks to Mangesh Hatikater, Will Lee, and the incredible staff at iHeartMedia and People. <laughs> 